Connie was talking a few minutes ago about the little things that matter. Let me tell you one thing that really matters and makes a lot of difference to Connie and I is when we get to take people on incentive trips on our team, that is one of the most exciting things because many times these, these trips are in hotels that most of us wouldn't book. Um, we definitely wouldn't pay the prices, and we definitely wouldn't have the food and all the amenities that go with it. So it's, it's a real honor and privilege to have you join us on one of these trips. <laughs> um, one of the things to understand, there's three areas of coverage that our clients need. And guys, be thinking about this when you're going into the home. You're going in there on mortgage protection in many cases, but the three areas that they need is, one is income replacement, because remember, if John or Mary don't come home because of a car wreck or a heart attack, neither does their paycheck. So that, that needs to be in your mind. Mortgage protection is the second one, and college funding is the third one. Just about every family that's 50 and under, those are needs that they have. So when we go in working strictly on the mortgage protection, that's a good thing. We have to hope that they have income replacement, but we have to realize that mortgage protection is why we were invited into the home. Why we were invited into the home if we come in and start shifting from one to the other, oh, well, you need income replacement, you need college funding. Now suddenly we sound like an insurance agent. They didn't invite an insurance agent into the home. They invited somebody to come in and help them with mortgage protection. Mortgage protection, in most people's minds, is something mystical and magical. It's different than, mortgage, than life insurance. Now, you might say, well, it is or it isn't, and you're both right. It is life insurance, but where it's different is the fact many of these people qualify to get it without doing blood work. They qualify to get it without um, uh, scrutiny, as much scrutiny in the underwriting process. Uh, we had a client this past week that was real skeptical because he had heard that clients had been turned down because of type 2 diabetes, which he had. Guys, with our products, type 2 diabetes is a standard risk. There's no, no rating on it. However, with State Farm, Allstate, Prudential, and New York Life, that's a decline. Farmers, that's a decline. So, and I, the reason I'm, I'm really zeroing in on this today, I want you to understand, I want you to speak with words of authority when you're in the house and they bring up that foolishness. Well, I might not be approved, so I'm, I'm caught. No, that's why we have mortgage protection. This is different, and it really is different. So I want you to zero in on, on those things and understand what we have and how it does uh, compete in the marketplace in a different way. I wanted to springboard off, and then I'll come back to some of the small things that matter here. On the call we had this morning, I thought Brandy did a great job in talking about how you tell our story is how you dream. So if your story about what we do is not very big, your dream's not very big. Now, I can't change that, but I can just point out to you some of the areas that you can start thinking about dreaming a little bit bigger. Um, when she made the comment, we need to measure the reward and not measure the lost. Well, measuring the reward really resonated with me. And let me explain to you what the reward is. For some of you, it's an extra $1,000 or $1,500 a week or a month. That's a nice reward for your effort. But for some of you, and many people will start with that 
And the beauty of our business is your vision, your your dream can grow with your experience. Your dream grows at convention because you're going to see Connor Jones at convention. An 18-year-old senior who started in June or early July last year selling insurance was back in high school in August doing high school things, made over $50,000 from when he started in the summer to the end of the year. Well, now, for some of you, you know, just seeing that Connor was able to do that, that's going to change your dream. That's you're going to change your dream from $1,000 a month to $1,000 a week in income. Then what's going to happen next year, you're going to go to the summer conference, and you're going to see somebody else that is now making $2,000 a week. Well, this system of associating with people and telling the story grows as you see more people doing this. That's the reason we do what we do. So measuring the reward, what does that mean? Well, to me, the reward is getting my belief system up to the point that I believe I can build a distribution system around the country that moves 53 applications a week. Well, what's that mean? And what happens then? Well, when that happens, you qualify for equity bonus. Of course, whatever that team is doing, the normal override for the manager that built that group together is about 10%. So 53 applications a week is going to be uh, about $50,000 in premium, and you would over that by 10%. That's $5,000 in income. Now, you're not going to get all that because all of it's not going to be issued and they advance 75%, but that's a really solid three to $3,500 a week income. In addition to that, the real bonus comes in the $7,500 a month equity bonus. Now, that's based on what we're doing right now of about $2.5 million uh, in premium to $3 million a, a week that's placed. Guys, that bonus amounts to $90,000. You can kind of look at that $90,000 as your salary. So your, your commission, so to speak, is a 3000 to 3500 a week you made on that team. Now, what if it takes you three years to get there? Guys, that's a pretty good goal. That's a pretty lofty job to aspire to, to grow to. Now, the, the beauty of this is by the end of the summer, we expect to be doing about $5 million a, a week in place premium. That rate, or $5 million a month, that raises your, your bonus from $7,500 to $12,500 a month. Guys, that's a $150,000 a year bonus. So measure the reward, excuse me, and understand how you get there. And the blueprint is laid out every week with what Equus does, what we do. It's all around us. And I'm, I'm always reminded that amateurs practice until they get it right, but professionals practice until they never get it wrong. We've had some amateurs on our calls with our company on our team for the last several weeks that are still staying in that amateur status and ought to be moving into the professional status. How do you get there? Well, one of the things that we do is we start reading um, agent guides for a product. Now, the purpose in reading the agent guide is part of it is the education that you learn, but one of the main things is it changes how you think. 
because we have to get our agents starting to think this is not retail. We've got to get our agents starting to think in terms of how the insurance companies think. Because, guys, we're the eyes and ears of the insurance company. These are the small things that matter. Knowing that Mutual of Omaha, for example, if you're a type 2 diabetic and you're diagnosed before age 50, that's an automatic decline. They just don't particularly care for type 2 diabetics that were diagnosed before age 50. That's, you know, all these insurance companies, you need to remember this, all these insurance companies play by the golden rule. And the golden rule is, he that has the gold rules. So their rule is, we won't take anybody under 49. So they're playing by that golden rule. Um, start looking at this from the standpoint of how the, the carrier looks at it. Um, the agent guides are huge. An agent guide plus counseling with your mentor, that helps us start thinking like an insurance company thinks, for example, you know, someone, has, and they've been cancer-free for six years. Well, our first thought is, oh, Dick, they're so healthy, you should see them, they're just great. But think about it the way the insurance company does. You know, somebody had bypass surgery a, a few years ago. Yeah, they beat the odds, but there's still a condition there, and they're at a greater risk. Let me use myself as an example. I got a stent in April of 2016. One stent, vein was 95% blocked, and I remember finishing, coming out of the surgery, talking to the cardiologist, I thought, wow, I feel great, I'll be back running again, and he looked at me like I had two heads. He said, now hold on, Charlie Brown, let me explain something to you. We fixed the vein that was 95% blocked, but the rest of your heart is 50% blocked. What that means is, I can still live a, a natural, normal life all the way to age probably 100. But I can't do the things I did before my heart was 50% blocked. So that's the way you've got to start looking at these situations. Things are changed. They're, they don't have the opportunity to do things that they used to. I'm a higher risk is what I'm saying than the regular pop population. Now, we call the risk assessors, and guys, the risk assessors, they really want to help us. And they want to look at every application just in case they could issue it. So they're going to give you a false hope in many cases, just in case they can issue it. Now, we as agents now, we have to look at this from a different perspective. We know how the insurance company look at it. They're looking at it just in case. But as agents, we need to look at it from the standpoint of what's the probability we're going to get this case placed. Is it 35%? Is it 50%? See, if somebody does blood work, we know between 45 and 50% of those cases have got a shot at being issued, which means 45 to 50% of them are going to be rated or declined. So we start thinking along those lines. So when you're talking to a family, and there's no apparent history of anything. Stick them with a needle, their chances of issue rate drops from to 45 or 50%. If we do simplified issue with no blood work, we've got as high as an 80% issue rate, sometimes 90 if we do a really good job. So if you're talking to the wife of that person, he's browbeating you on price, and we can zero and reduce it down to this. Who do you want to take the risk? We can stick you with a needle, Mary, and you've got a 35 to 45% chance 
of getting this policy issued, or we can do one without blood work and pay a little higher and have an 80 or 90% chance of getting it issued. Trust me, if given that choice, most people are going to take the 80 to 90% chance of getting something issued. And uh, I had an agent this morning, and I'm not picking on the agent, but I'm using this as an example. The client wanted him to, after he talked with him, he said, now would you email me those rates so I have it in writing? Well, what the guy is going to do, and I'm going to go back to what the client's thinking here in just a minute, that client is going to compare your rates and we figured the rates on that particular case on the client where he's got at least an 80 to a 90% chance of getting it issued. Well, that price is going to be a little bit higher than somebody, for example, New York Life. New York Life, guys, is less than 45% issue rate on the people they stick with the needle. If they get up to 50% of their policies issued, their agents are thrilled well, those prices are probably going to be less because they're just looking for the healthiest people. So you're allowing the client to take your rates, and, and my question to the client is, well, John and Mary, do you want coverage or do you want a quote? Because I can give you a quote where you've got a 35% chance of getting it, or I can give you coverage and a quote where you've got 80% chance of getting it, but there's a cost trade-off. Now, is this something you share with every client? No. I am trying to change the way our agents think this morning so that they better understand how the system works. Now, we're not rude when we ask that question. Do you want a quote or do you want a, uh, coverage? You don't ask it in a rude or confrontational way, but you just ask it in a conversational way. Now, Mary, well, there's two ways we can approach this. This plan I put together, you've got an 80% chance of getting it approved. I can give you a much lower quote, but you've got a 35 to 40% chance of getting it approved. Would you want a quote, or do you really want coverage? You know, you can say things in a way that's not confrontational and not rude or abusive. And, you know, I'm looking at Dick giving this presentation, and I can see him in the home asking that question, and I know exactly what he would do at that point. He would sit there and look at the client until he answered. And sometimes silence is painful, but you've probably heard that the first person that speaks is the loser, okay? So if you ask him that question and then you get uncomfortable and you start talking again, You've really just blown the punchline. And when I talk with agents on the phone, I can tell from how they're talking with me that they're very often blowing the punchline in the home because they talk too much. You know, Connie, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's like telling a joke. And instead of letting the punchline deliver the, the laugh, they tell the joke and then explain it. And that happens so many times. You know, um, and if a client, if I ask that question in the home, well, John and Mary, do you want a price that's based on a 35% issue rate or do you want a price that's based on an 80% issue rate? And Connie, if they would come back and say, well, I want the 35% issue rate, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fold the book up and say, John and Mary, I am not doing that to any of my clients. Because if they get that, that risk or that decline, 
because they went for the 35% issue rate. Now many times they can't get any coverage. If that's the way you feel like you have to go, I'm sure there are a lot of agents out here who would accommodate you. It's been great talking to you. And I'm out the door. I'm not going to go that direction with anybody because I wouldn't want someone doing that to me. Not for me, to me, because in that case, you're not doing something for them to try to get a better price. You're doing something that's going to cripple them and hurt them in many cases, knock them out of getting coverage. I can't tell you how many cases we get where people have applied with uh, type 2 diabetes with State Farm Allstate. Now, why do the state, oh, that's a good question. Why do State Farm and Allstate and farmers, why do they turn those applications in if they know they're going to be declined? because they have a quota every quarter they have to sell 12 applications in 90 days. Isn't that crazy? They have to write 12 applications in 90 days. They hate selling insurance because they hate having to do all the, the uh, paramet, uh, the prospecting and the paramed and everything, but it's required of them to do that. So that's why that happens. Now, I want to address the best price because what is the client's goal in this higher whole process. The client's goal is to get the best price. Why is that? Well, it's that way because they've been conditioned all their life to get the best price. You know, I bought a vest last week when I was in Ohio. It was really funny. Uh, I had in my mind what I was willing to pay, and um, anyway, it was more than I wanted, and I said, would you price check this for me? And she goes, oh no, that's on sale. Well, I walked out with a vest, you know, because it was on sale. That's retail. You know, if you go in and you're looking for a brand new, say, Chevy Impala, and it's a, both cars are equipped to exactly the same thing, the only difference is the color and the price. But the cars are identical. So if you can get the price down, you're not giving up anything at all. Well, insurance is not that way. Insurance is based, is price based on the risk accepted by the carrier. Some are more forgiving in risk. Um, our four tables, guys, this is huge. If we would learn how to leverage the value of how four tables works. Yes, it is a slightly higher premium, but it's slightly higher because the company is taking all the risk. They're writing a 50-year-old and believing he's going to live to be 80 on a 30-year term. Guys, a lot of things can happen. Now, on a 10-year term, that's a no-brainer for the insurance company because if they, take, if they look at a 50-year-old on a 10-year term, I mean, other than an accident plan, it's one step better than an accident plan, there's almost no way from 50 to 60 that person's going to die. I mean, the numbers are so minuscule. However, they don't pay any commission on it because it's not profitable for them because the price is so low. So that's why we don't offer it, Okay. Um, IRI clients understand and they're accustomed to looking at price. It's our job to build the value of what we have. Well, how do you do that? Well, that's the example of giving them options. We can stick you with a needle and save 25 or 30%, but you have much greater risk of not being approved. Now, the other thing that is real big with us guys our return of premium, when you're talking for those that qualify for it, our return of premium takes price off the table because none of our competition, now, I shouldn't say that. State Farm, Wall State, Prudential, New York Life, 
if they had a return of premium, they would never offer it because they don't understand the value. They're trying to sell price. Why? Because they got to get those 12 applications written every quarter. And so we come in with something totally different. It changes the playing field. I cannot tell you how many cases on a 20-year term return a premium. The client says no to $100 a month on a 20-year term for straight term. But you show them a $227 20-year return of premium. Well, I can do that. And they said no to 100 but 227 fits the budget. Why is that? Because they saw more value in the return of premium. I am still getting calls from agents that have been with us three or four months not showing return of premium because they think it's too expensive. And, and I want to point out to us, guys, let's not play judge and jury here because if the agent is broke, we have a tendency to think everybody's broke. We got four and a half, five inches of snow on the ground. Right now, other than Florida, I kind of think everybody's got snow. But that's not so. You know, if it's raining where you are, that doesn't mean it's raining everywhere. It might be sunny and bright in North Carolina. I don't know. Um, so let's, let's try to get ourselves out of the judge and jury situation. Let's present the options and let the people decide what suits their situation and their need then. You know, one of the things, uh, one of the little things that matters uh, we talked about earlier was the importance of tracking your business. And I know Dave Crocker had a comment that he would like to make about that. If Dave could get off mute, we'd be glad to hear because he has a great tracking sheet that he shared with everyone uh, about a month ago in GroupMe. Um, you could go back and find it. Um, Can you hear me? I sure can. I'm sorry I didn't get you off mute, Dave. Go ahead. That's okay. Um, I was just responding. I sent you that text back when you were talking about submitting the numbers each week. Uh, I just wanted to encourage everybody. Folks, understand that Dick and Connie don't treat us like they're our boss. Um, this is not an, a, a, an employer-employee relationship. When, when they say, hey, turn in your numbers, it's not because they want to take you to the woodshed if you're not performing at a certain level or because you're not finishing things you said you were going to do. This is a partnership. And what I have found is that those, those submissions of those, those numbers each week, those show trends and they show your current skill level and their experience in the business and Pete's experience in the business, they can spot areas where a little bit of tweaking can make you an extra thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. They can spot the difference between closing three appointments out of fifty dials versus setting four appointments out of fifty dials and so on. And on more than one occasion, Dick has called me up and said, Hey, Let's, let's clean up this little area right here because I think we can find you an extra closing. That's happened with wealthier clients. It just happened this last week where when Dick and I were talking, he said, let, let me give you some training on how to close these wealthier clients. And sure enough, that day I went out and closed one specifically because of information that we were reviewing out of my weekly activity sheet that we submitted on that smart sheet. So, don't look at that as, oh, I have to report to a boss and I'm going to get taken to the woodshed or I don't want to have accountability. It's not that at all. It has everything to do with this is a partnership and they have the experience that we don't. And heaven forbid we miss an opportunity to make an extra $1,000 for our family 
or to protect a family that needs protection that we, that we didn't protect because we were inexperienced in an area, you know. So I just wanted to add that to, and give you reassurance. Dive on to those, submitting those numbers each week. It, it has a great purpose, and Vic and Connie and Peter are there to help us every step of the way. Dave, before you get away, I have a question for you. Now, I have yes, watched sir. you for the last several months. I, we talked a fair amount before the convention. We've talked a lot more since then. What, what was going on before convention? Because your numbers weren't quite what they are today then versus now. I sat there at the banquet, and I watched people right and left going up that were getting a little award and a little ring for making 150000 and two hundred and $250,000. And I... It, that really chapped my backside. I, I wasn't happy about that sitting there in the table, and I made a lot of great friends with Bridget and, and Johnny Brooks and everybody. And, uh, uh, you know, that was fun. But sitting there at that banquet Saturday night, watching what these people were doing that were very normal-looking people. And, and, you know, Brandon Hall is very normal-looking. Now, he has some really in, interesting shoes, I'll tell you that. But he is a very normal-looking individual. Pete Beckman's very normal. Dick and Tony are normal. All these producers are normal, and they're people like us. Dee Dee Carter, uh, you know, you, you watch her presentation. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, and so I watching people like me go up there and have that kind of success, and it's not just the income. It's recognizing the difference that they're making in families. I mean, I walk into homes now, you know, 8 to 12 homes a week is the kind of business I'm running, people that have no protection, that the spouse would be out on their rear end if they lose their loved one. And, and so not only am I, am I making a great income, but I'm also protecting these families. And I find they're giving me hugs when I walk out of there, and they're relieved. I can't find another business that does that unless maybe I was a heart surgeon. So that's what <laughs> it did for me, witnessing that. Well, I have seen a real uptick, upsurge in your skill set level in every aspect of the business. And, uh, and you're right, part of it came from the practice and the, and the connecting with us, but I really think that you seeing that at the convention really opened your eyes to the fact, I don't think you realized you didn't have the skill before you went. I think you thought your skill was as good as it could get until you saw these other people and you said, oh, wait a minute, they're no better than I am. I just need to work on me. Is that an accurate assessment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I wanted to point out to everybody how, you know, if somebody makes 250 dials in a, a week and they make 11 contacts, I can tell you real quick what's wrong, Connie. They're either calling at the wrong time or their caller ID on the phone is showing up incorrectly. It's showing up out of service area or something indicating they so I can tell you real quick how to fix that. Conversely, if you make 250 dials and contact 60 people and set three appointments, I know what the problem is. It's the phone script. You're saying your opening line is not right, your cadence is not right, something you're doing wrong in the phone script. And guys, that we don't need to overhaul the engine in this situation. We just need to adjust the carburetor. I can fix that. If you don't report your numbers, we can't fix anything because we don't know where the problem is. If you make 250 dials, talk to 60 people, and you set 15 appointments, we've got no problem. Things are running properly. But what if you make 250 dials, contact 60 people, 
set 15 appointments and 11 of them cancel. I can fix that because I know what the problem is. We'll go back and listen to the phone script and we set things up a little bit differently on the end. But if any one of these things happen, and guys, that's about all that can happen. That pretty well sums it up. But we know when we look at those numbers where to, to adjust the carburetor and how far to turn it, we can fix that. So you're really missing out a great opportunity. The reason for doing all of this is, yes, it's going to help you make more money. It's going to help more clients get fixed. It's going to help us. But that's not the purpose. The purpose is to teach you so when you start your team, they, you now know how to fix them. But if you never call and ask to be fixed, you're not going to be much of a leader. You're not going to be much help when it comes to helping your team. So, guys, I hope seeing where we're at, where we're going, we've got some great momentum going. Let's keep it up.